0: Hello, my name is Scott Bradley. This is Scott Scott Podcast, and I'm joined by John James. John James, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, very well. Good weekend?
1: Yeah, it's okay
0: weekend, I suppose, apart <laughs> from the football. <laughs> of course, of course. So let's just get right into it. We'll talk about uh, Celtic's result last week in the Champions League. They got beat 5 yep. 0 of PSG. John James, last week on the podcast, I said that it would be 3 1. I was being a, a bit generous when I said it. Uh, by God, man, they got an absolute doing.
1: Obviously it was PSG the, the argument is what do you expect when you're playing a, a, a team that has the, the most expensive player in the world mm-hmm. but there's no excuses for some of the defending that was going on oh, so.
0: well, some of the defending was let's be honest comical I
1: think that actually, I, I think for one of the very first times I think Brendan Rodgers actually got his tactics wrong I think mean, the first half he tried to play you know, he's tried to play a style that is fine when you're playing teams in Scotland but not at all Suited to playing teams like PSG or Bayern Munich, mm-hmm. and I doubt they'd even get away playing like that against Andelich. So, mm-hmm. and then he obviously changed it in the second half, which was marginally better than the first.
0: What do you make of that absolute idiot that ran
1: onto the park? Uh, nah, there's no place. For, there's no place for that in football. No, not none whatsoever. It was total. It was complete stupidity. You you aim to get to those that, those European heights to enjoy the occasion. There's no point doing that to your
0: club. And see the reason I brought that up was because this will be Celtic's twelfth fine and see since this has been this will be their twelfth fine, eh, I've been reading in the papers and whatnot that Celtic could potentially play their next Champions League game behind closed doors because this is a twelfth fine. Do you think mean? that is a
1: possibility? I I'm not I'm not sure it would be a possibility. I don't I, I don't think they'd punish the whole club for the actions of one one individual because it'd be different. Like obviously Celtic have been fined before for displays or whatever and that's not that's that's the club are allowing these uh, whatever I can't 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 even get the word whatever the
0: like those uh, political uh, banners they're they're bringing
1: them in and they have to be checked before you get in a football stadium so obviously they're aware of that but for the actions of an individual the club can't be possibly aware that that's going to happen and I I don't I don't see that happening (coughs) because it's obviously an individual if it was another political banner then possibly but I don't. I don't think that would happen. No. it would be very detrimental to their European adventure if they were to have to play a, a few games behind closed doors. Yeah, so if they had
0: to play like maybe even their next home game or for like even two home games where they have to play behind closed doors, that will be a big blow for Celtic. Yeah, so we'll move on to uh, Celtic's uh, game in the weekend against Ross County. Celtic beat Ross County four uh, 0 Back to normality, it seems.
1: Yep, yeah, they they were just that was a huge it was a, a performance that became accustomed to. The Celtic just go out and dominate from first minute to last minute. Uh, they obviously encoded player, they obviously had a return in dembele just in time for Rangers, so hmm. <laughs> uh, but they they played some decent stuff. Uh they, they, they put they uh, Johnny Hayes for one of the first times he's got a start, uh, he played well. Uh, obviously Tom Roderick, they always he always seems to score anyway. Yeah. Uh, but Ross County obviously had chances, didn't take them. Uh, Very limited chances, obviously, then Celtic just kind of Two really it was there.
0: it was an expected result wasn't it yes. uh, Celtic beating Ross County 4-0 very convincing in uh, very convincing fashion as well so uh, next week the firm game it's yep. going to be a big one I think we'll talk about it later on in the podcast but I'll okay. bring this uh, up right now Mr Dan Bailey can you see him starting next week I don't think he'll start I think he'll come on like he'll be on the bench and then he'll come off uh, the bench
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't see him starting I think he'll go with Griffiths I'd be very surprised if, I'd be very surprised I don't understand I, don't, I wouldn't understand the logic behind benching Griffiths, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that Griffiths would understand that either. No. Considering he's been prolific for Celtic. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, that's not a way to keep a player happy when he's playing well, and then bench him just for a new returning player.
0: Mhm. So, uh, anything else to say about Celtic game, John James? Not really. there's not much to say. A, Celtic, a dominant Celtic yep. performance they won the game four 0 and everyone expected them and to win the game. I so think
1: the only really thing was the uh, Jim McIntyre. <laughs> openly admitting that he thinks that he got these tactics wrong in the first half mm-hmm. and by the time that it was changed at half time that the game was already gone and not much he can do about it Financial gulf was
0: too big as... Yeah, that's it. Um, county would go forth. Yeah, uh, so a lot of Celtic fans were saying that. Right after the PSG game, they were saying, oh, oh, look at the financial golf there, it's not fair, it's not fair. Then if uh, clubs in Scotland say that, oh, look at the financial golf between Celtic and the rest of them. Celtic would come out and say, oh, it's not our fault, but as soon as they're getting a doing, that's when they come out and say, oh, look, it's not fair, look at the financial golf. Yeah, so, yeah, overall it was a dominant uh, Celtic performance and they picked up the three points. So we'll move on to John James's team, Aberdeen. Uh, Aberdeen dropped points to Kermarnock at home, uh, finished one each. Big point for Kermarnock. Uh John James, I believe, were very, very flat. They they were not really impressive whatsoever. But Kermarnock, credit where it's due, played well and dug in and got that point.
1: Kermarnock, uh, Kermarnock apparently had a... Uh, I know that there was rumours going around that Camarnock apparently had a meeting a yeah, you were saying that during during the week about obviously the performances and what they expect from themselves. And I actually heard a rumor that Lee McCall was apparently asked to leave the room at a certain point during that meeting.
0: So it was a meeting with the board. The, and the,
1: yeah. Lee McCall was there for like. No players, no. No, he was there. The players were there. The, the obviously members of the board were there, and they were all, they were all having a the discussion. But obviously, they may have thought If Lee McCall, McCullough, Lee McCullough was asked to leave the room when the players could air some of their grievances, so that maybe they felt more comfortable they Yeah. they were able to do it. But Lee McCulloch was brought back in, so it wasn't as if Lee McCulloch was completely left in the dark. They were all included in the conversation. It was, I think it was more just a case that they so they felt more comfortable. I wouldn't see it as anyone was a cloak and, a cloak and dagger for McCulloch. I think McCulloch is relatively safe at Kilmarnock. I mean, think they're, they're very aware of what he'd done for them last season.
0: Yeah, I think, he, I think his job is safe. Because the season just started as well, so... He's positioned and safe and I think that was very like as you were saying about that crisis meeting yeah. I think that proved to be very beneficial because going to Pataudry is a tough place to go and Camarnet managed to get
1: a point there. on, looked up for it and i I've, I've seen that though Alden looked in the first couple of minutes when the first 10 minutes when i took an early lead it looked like it was going to be another it looked like Alden were finally going to thrash a team when a team that they were expecting to beat. But it never, it never materialised and Allardyne just seemed to be rushing everything.
0: Because the intensity of Aberdeen's play play, it was not there, it was very slow, it was very like, mundane, it wasn't great a feature, whatsoever.
1: A feature of an Allardyne team over the last three, four years... Very
0: fast pace, high tempo. Is, is but you didn't see that at all on Saturday.
1: Teams can't hang with Allardyne when Aberdeen get going. Well, I'm obviously Celtic, it teams like Celtic and that can, but teams like, they're usually... come on, it got beat 5-1 the last time they came up to Petordia, so... The teams like Kamarnock and Motherwell and Dundee who have all suffered hammerings the last season to Aberdeen, they couldn't hang when Aberdeen put it at that pace but obviously the, the reason for that is that we had players that are a self squad so Aberdeen are still in a transition phase because you were saying to me off pod
0: that you have not seen Aberdeen play well at all so far this season you just have not had one really convincing performance but you have been getting results in your second second
1: Aberdeen have been doing the absolute bare minimum to to get a result, and that's what we've we've seen in recent weeks. We've beaten I'll I'll, I'll give I'll give the party for a performance. I won't say it was a great performance, but I'll say that performance had signs that our team were were willing to dig in and they they could show some fight. But I the other game performances against the, the likes of Hamilton twice they were not impressive at all. Uh, Ross County, but we at times we were hanging on to that 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 result. Uh, we've obviously beat. We we, we suffered a draw again. A, a draw against Hearts. That <laughs> bro hanging, hanging on. And Hearts should have got a few points. Hanging on, hanging on at times there, which is obviously you could argue it's a mark of a good team where you can not play well and come away with a, a, at least a point. But obviously we were looking to win that. Uh, but it's it's at one point yeah. I think it will click. I mean, Alden will click at a, at some point. It's just a case of trying to find the right. Team. Jordan
0: Jones was a star man for Comanok yeah. uh, on Saturday. He was causing Aberdeen quite a lot of problems. He um, seems like the guy's got a lot of potential about him uh, that he could go on and really be a player. Um, do you think Jordan will be able to ho- like keep a hold of Jordan Jones? I
1: think I think Jordan Jones. I think he can cause any team problems when he plays. When he plays well, Camarnet play well. Uh, I don't know his contract. is I don't. I don't know if he's on a a long contract or a short contract. Whatever, but. I, I expect that English clubs and probably some, sniffing around some them. Top six Scottish clubs might be sniffing around there.
0: And Roder Roder McKenzie though um, Roder McKenzie, uh, everyone's been talking about him for a while now. Everyone was saying, "Oh, this guy's going to be something." But the thing is, with Roder McKenzie, Like everyone always says, he's got potential, but potential can only take you so far.
1: Yeah. So um, there's a few. There's a few players, youth players, anyway, that came up like uh, Roder McKenzie, obviously Greg Kilty. They've all been. Young young t- stars that were tipped to gonna be something for like, Uh Killey still got time. He was obviously he was injured last season, but realistically Jordan Jones is the star of that side, and he was brought in. He he was he was signed as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's 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 not. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go as far as say worrying, but it's a bit. It's a bit eyebrow raising when Kilmarnock's best player, but especially with some recent years where they have produced players like. Naismith and all those who went on to be stars Naismith,
0: Chris Boyd Chris it, Boyd's still there they haven't
1: <laughs> they haven't produced a play of like that in a, a wee while and it's you've got to wonder what the youth, what's happening with the youth production yeah. At Kelly yeah Is it's it,
0: actually they've had
1: a good history of success there really,
0: the, the it's command
1: they've set up it's t- they used to produce quite a, a quite a, f- a few decent youngsters uh, uh, obviously St Mary and Falkirk they've kind of overtaken them and producing younger, younger uh, talent yeah
0: so we will move on to uh, the Hibbs game. Hibbs drew two each with Motherwell. Hibbs' defensive problems continue. John James, what is going on with that back four right now?
1: Uh Hibbs went from a team that were, they were taking the three points. the The game was done, and they all they had to do was see it out to then. Mother just seemed to. Cause them all, cause them I
0: said problems. on the podcast last week about Hibs uh, defensive problems where it would like ultimately, co- ultimately, co- ultimately, sorry, cost them uh, like points, and that's what happened at the weekend there.
1: Yeah, always... okay,
0: it cost them a three points. They totally switched off, and um, that's four games for a win. Neil Lennon right after the game came out and said uh, Hibs played like under eights. Mm. A wee bit harsh, I think. If I'm being honest, uh, I think Lennon needs to kind of watch what he's doing when he's like right after games when he's coming out slagging Hibs the way. He's uh, been mm-hmm. doing it recently uh, but that's what I said last week Hibs defensive problems they will become an issue and I said if I was a Hibs fan I would be extremely concerned um, so what did you make of Mullerwell digging in and getting uh, at least a point out of the game I, mean, uh, stay, I think it was Stuart I was get his name mixed up Stephen Robinson uh, Stephen Robinson Ro- yeah Stephen Robinson right after the game said that uh, he felt was own well. Muller. Well, should have took away the three points? Do you think a point was a fair result
1: I don't, I don't think. I, I. I. didn't understand that comment. Comment. I don't. I don't think Muller did deserve the three points. I think. Uh, I think they were. They. They. They stole. The, they stole the point because they were obviously two and them down. I think it was a good point for them. They earned the point. They. They dug in. It was. A, it was a mark. Mark of a good side. Last season. Last season they wouldn't have got that point, and this season they have. Uh, I. I'd be more. I'd be more. You've disappointed with your hibs that you've lost the three points. I don't think Mallow were in any position to, to, to take the three points, so I don't. I didn't really understand that comment, but other, other than that, you be. It's a point gained rather than two points dropped. Yeah, because
0: it's, it's even like when you look at that hibs defence, like you had to think it was Ambrose and Hanlon at the back, and they were just all over the place. Honestly, Amazing. and Wickett was struggling to adapt in that hibs team as well. We started struggling to adapt to the SPFL, and David Gray's not been great either. So that back four is all over the shot right now and that's what cost Hibs the eh, three points at the weekend and I'm, I'll say it again McGregor say, was injured wasn't he? Um, eh, McGregor was injured yeah, he, was on the, he was up in the stands so I said last week in the podcast Hibs defensive problems are an issue and if I was a Hibs fan I would be very worried about what Neil Lennon is doing right now and Lennon should address this ASAP and he needs to get it sorted out in the training ground or else it's not going to end well, well for Hibs
1: he did say that the feature was that Hibs couldn't defend a, a set piece Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't actually believe the first goal was the defense's <laughs> fault. I feel like the keeper should have came out and claimed it. I mean,
0: the goalkeeper's at fault as well. Like that whole like from the defense, uh, Hibbs goalkeeper. It's it's not as simply not good enough the way they are performing he, right now. He
1: was a he was a solid uh, signing for them, a solid player for them in the Championship. Uh, and I think he's actually I mean, I don't think he's done that bad at all in the Premiership. Uh, but I think that was probably one of the first. Indications that that he needs to work on coming for some crosses because that, that cross was just begging for the keeper to come out and get it.
0: Uh, in the first half um Mullerwell I felt as though should have had a penalty. I think they felt was, I think they should have had a penalty. Um Bartley caught Tate's foot quite clearly and he went down, there was serious contact there. So Mullerwell should have had a penalty as well. Uh Hibbs Penalty. What do you think? Can the for uh, Martin Boyle? I see. I think Martin Boyle. I've I think it's a I think it's a blatant dive. If I've I'm being seen honest
1: every, several instances this weekend. I think I can see why it's given because there's no contact. The, no, but the referee's not, and the referee isn't in a position that's he's not in a particularly great position to see that. What he sees is the hips player going across the motherboard player, and then he suddenly goes down. If anything, I'd be wanting the linesman. I don't understand why the linesman hasn't helped the referee out there because he has a better view. than what he does, like than what the referee does. Uh, which begs the question of what really is the has been doing when he's he's just uh, obviously their their job is to enforce the offside rule. But if the point the point is you can help the referee if you get the opportunity to, and he's not he has the best he has the best view there, and he's not at all consulted. Uh, yeah, it was overall it was just absolutely it was an absolutely terrible decision. I have sympathies with the referee because I think the referee was very his view was uh, blocked by a lot of. The po- a player's in the way and not to mention uh, obviously the hips player goes across the bottle player so I can see why it's given but I don't think it was a right uh,
0: oh, of course we need to disagree in that one um, yeah it's just uh, like hips slow overall like even for Motherwell's goal, Steve Wickard totally switched off. Eh, for the first one, he, I don't know what he was thinking. He should have got. He should have managed to mark Louis Moult efficiently, and he couldn't do it whatsoever. And the second goal, that was come on, that that, players, that was pure. It, yeah. it was a good. Finish. Oh yeah, of course. Credit to Louis Moult, it was a good finish, but Steve Wickard was at fault there. And for Motherwell's second goal, just. John McGinn. We were talking about John McGinn last week. Oh, he should have he should at least won that ball. And he quite was, clearly done,
1: which is I can't, very poor for him. Remember his name, but Mallow were playing this, I It was a 20, some twenty-year-old midfielder that uh, Mallow had. It seemed like Mallow, Mallow had just given him the job of. It's you and John McGinn. You and him. It's you and him in the middle of the park. He had, and he actually done quite well against him. I seen. I seen some. It was like someone is a. Someone had taken the video like videos and just broke it down to just them two. And He actually done a very good job
0: against John McGinn. I can't remember his name though. Completely escaped. my mind what mm. his name is. But John McGinn was not. Wasn't really present in that game because. No, John McGinn. Like everyone was raving about him last week. Where was he this week? Where everyone says he's going to be. Like where was he this week against Millwall? When he didn't really stand up and be counted as like all these all these Hibs are saying, "Oh, this guy's a top player. He's our go-to guy." Where was he against Millwall? Didn't do a thing. Did I not mean, do a thing. I don't know if he was that against no, not at all. But defensive problems continue for Hibs, and if they don't rectify it soon. Oh, it's not going to end well whatsoever uh, for the Hybies So, do you think I was a bit harsh there? No. I don't think I was. No, I think everything I said was, uh, not. But I think it was say uh, very fair. To be honest. So, uh, anything else you want to say about the the Hibs game?
1: I think Mo. I think, think it's just to to cause that game. I Mo mean, very much earned that point towards the end. I mean, Hibbs could have easily went on to dominate that game and just see it out, but. I think it's just a lack of Premier League experience right now. That's, that's not helped them finish the see out that game.
0: I think it's mainly just poor defending and like them switching off and just not enough. I don't think there's not enough. Car- I don't think there's enough character in that team of Emiratis. I don't don't see it. So, but just quickly before we move on, Neil Lennon. I think he's been a wee bit. I don't know. Like after the match, of course he can dress down his players in the dressing room, but him going publicly slaughtering his players. It's it's very risky, it's a, it could potentially lead to a recipe for disaster. Do you not agree?
1: I think that he's he's at po- he's pointed a a very dangerous game because he could easily the, the Hibs players could the Hibs players could react badly to that, but I think the Hibs team is a bit there's quite a lot of experience in that dressing room, I don't see them reacting too poorly to it. I think I think they'll understand that they were they were very much at fault. Fair enough calling under eights is probably a bit Yeah. A bit rough, but at the same time, I think the Hibs players, if they probably look at themselves, will understand that they threw away they, those points, and obviously Lennon, as a coach, used to winning, so yeah. he's not going to be happy about that. And uh, So that's uh,
0: four games without a win. Four games without a win for Hibs, and they've conceded in every SPFL game this season, which is quite simply not good enough whatsoever. So let's move on. Uh, Hearts beat Aki's 2-1 at the weekend. John James you're having some... Uh, like off pod some serious disagreements about this one quite like make a I'm Stevie Thompson in the sports scene so uh, big one for Hearts uh, so that's uh, two games uh, last week they obviously drew with uh, Aberdeen yeah. and this week they pick up the three points uh, what did they make of the performance it
1: was by far not the most perfect performance but three points but plastic got, pitch I mean got, you are
0: very critical of the
1: pl- plastic got, pitch but they got the three they points they got the three points the first, of the, fr- the first batch of three points under Craig Levine which you know, realistically, that's all that matters right now. Is Hearts getting points on the board because they've not—they've still obviously not technically. I know Murrayfield is considered their home right now. They've not played a game at home yet, so it's important that they rack up these points while they're playing away. And getting three points against Hamilton. Is, I mean, I don't. Does that move them into the top six? I think it might. Uh,
0: Possibly, I haven't actually looked at the table.
1: If Hearts can be in the top six by the time that their state that they can play in their stadium again, I think Hearts will be just fine. I think Hearts might they'll be up there I think they, they will get top six at they'll, least they'll be in the consider I mean, Hearts will be in consideration for a European place if they can just start putting t- together results now mm. and then obviously moving into their stadium I don't see that hindering them either
0: so let's get to the big talking point let's start off right with uh, Gonsalves which led to Hearts uh, scoring and a penalty do you think it was a penalty? no I think it was a penalty I think there was enough contact
1: for Gonsalves to I go think, down I think as uh, Michael Stewart said the Hamilton player puts his foot across, gets the ball and then Gonçalves kicks the back of his calf. So Gonsalves makes contact with the back of the Hamilton's players' calf. I don't see how that No, I feel... I
0: feel no, no. I, I mean, as soon as I seen it, I was like, no, that's fair enough. That's a good decision there. Because like when you see it when you look at it right Hamilton plug comes in then at least sticks a foot out and then Gonzalez knows he's coming from. then he went okay then you know what he's like if you're a striker if you're a striker you're going to be looking for that and then he felt as though there was enough contact to go down which there was and I, in my opinion it was a penalty all day long for me if the striker is going to look
1: for it it doesn't necessarily make it a penalty but there
0: was enough contact for Gonzalez to go down the contact was
1: made by Gonzalez on Scondras Scondras put his leg across and he touched the ball he took him down and then then Gonzalez makes contact with him to then go down it's not the defender making contact with him so I feel like Gonzalez completely called the ref I need to disagree with you I thought it was enough contact Um, there for uh, Gonzalez to go down and it was uh, all day long for me a clear penalty I also think that Gonzalez needs to stop being such an embarrassment because for such a big boy he's always thrown himself to the ground and near enough every game he plays. Don't
0: the see strikers like him and most foreigners, that's what they all tend to do though. It's just
1: like the way the morning game is. He's done it He's done it for the past near enough season and a half and he's just, it's, uh, the referees are going to start picking up on it and I hope now they're going to see that he's just a big lump that throws himself to the uh, ground. As, he has talent, yes. Yeah. But if he if he could cut out the unnecessary diving antics, then I think that he'd be a very a very top top
0: striker. I hundred percent disagree with John James. Stonewall penalty for uh, me, in my opinion. And what about uh, Hamilton? They had a penalty claim uh, in the second half. I think it was yeah, second half. David Templeton, in my opinion, it was a penalty. Templeton got pushed right down <laughs> to the ground.
1: Uh, what did you think? I'm I know also, you disagree. I don't know why I'm saying. What do you think? I'm but also, like, I know you're disagreeing. I'm also not giving that penalty either because he pushed him. As the he him. clearly shows. David Templeton's foot has already slipped and he's on his way down. The no, but the no, he pushed him. He quite clearly pushed him. The Harts he, he player, player hasn't even touched him before he's going down. He's, no, he did. Come on. It, it was a blatant his shove. His foot has slipped. And, it was a blatant um, shove. It's not a shove at all. It was. The hearts player, the hearts player's hand is is on his shoulders. His shoulders are already going down and he's not pushed him at all. No, it was a blatant... No, 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 no. no. It was a blatant shove. It was enough for so a penalty kick. we are now giving penalties for players slipping that's what we're... That's,
0: no, what, but, that's, the, that's the point we point. But made. I feel as though, like... It, like, see if the, like See if the hearts player didn't touch him. It would be fine. But see the fact that he actually shoved him so right down the he ground. He didn't shove him, though. No. And come on, there was enough force there as well. He's not it shoved was, him it at was a all. Per, it was a penalty. He's not shoved him at all. He has. It was a blatant shove. It was a penalty for me. much should have a penalty, which they were quite clearly not given, which was a, com- it was a horrible decision, in my opinion. Penalty for me all day long. But yeah, Aki's... Lost, I know. Lost for them.
1: I don't. I don't think it's much of a. I don't think Hamilton will be too.
0: They weren't. They have exactly bad on the day. Gain,
1: they could have easily gained a point out of that game, but realistically, Hamilton won't be. They won't. I don't think. I don't think it will be too much of a, hurt for them. I mean, they'll just dust themselves off and go on again. Because if you focus too much on the losses, the losses will start to rack up. Mm-hmm. And Hamilton done quite well in recent weeks of putting a, a run together, a form, and obviously playing Hearts. What Ham- Hamilton not gonna expect to get three points against Hearts? Same way when they play Celtic, but I think Hamilton surprised quite a few people, and I think they could still surprise people. David
0: Templeton up to uh, David Templeton was playing up top, uh, for Hamilton. Do you think this will be an ongoing occurrence uh, for Hamilton Templeton up top?
1: If he stays fit, then possibly. That is the
0: only issue because the, the guy has talent, but it's just trying to keep him fit. They
1: do have a striker that I do know that they were r- r- awaiting international clearance for though, so there will be a striker coming in. So I'm pretty sure he might be the partner, if not take Ricky Bingham's place, because Bingham scored again. So, I don't see why, he, I don't see him getting benched anytime soon, mm-hmm. but Templeton needs to just make sure he stays fit, otherwise he's just going to be another wasted season. Jamie Walker, Scotland squad. <laughs> 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 your reaction watching sports, see me mean you're watching
0: it earlier on, then as soon as uh, Big Toggle said, it oh, was it, Jamie Walker, he, sh- he should be knocking on door for Scotland plays, squad, your reaction was priceless. I think he's
1: been a wee bit OTT there. Plays poorly for nine months, has three decent games and should be in the Scotland squad apparently. That's not how it works. You don't play bad for nine months and play good three good games and expect to be in the Scotland squad. I think I need to agree with you there, John. Especially considering Callum McGregor has, what, had near enough two good seasons and doesn't get in the Scotland squad. Meanwhile, Jamie Walker's always allowed to have three good games and he's in the Scotland squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I am Jamie Walker as a talented player,
0: but as you were saying, seven months without a good game and then he has last couple of games plays well Scotland squad oh, not just to shit Tom not just to shit <laughs> so is anything else you want to add on uh, Hearts and Hamilton I
1: oh, no, it's covered
0: and so we'll move on to Dundee and St Johnston yep. Dundee beat St Johnston 3-2 ending St Johnston's unbeaten run T C derby all yep. the fireworks it was a very entertaining game so it was uh, what did you make of the game overall John
1: James Dundee deserved the three points I thought that Dundee showed signs of a little bit of everything that they needed because we were, we were saying, we were saying, when well, Dundee didn't show any fight, then they showed fight against Dundee United in the, the Betfair Cup, and then we didn't, we've seen, they had they dug, they haven't dug in, they dug in this game. Mm-hmm. They had a bit of killer instinct, of to get the, the two goals. That that new sign, they've got AJ a. Leach, AJ Leach Smith, I think right. it's called. What was it they called on the sports scene? AJ, a. AJ a. J. Smith or something oh. like that, or, or I don't know. that's right? what it was. But, <laughs> uh, uh, he, he's got two goals he, I think he's just arrived Arrived on one from Shrewsbury mm-hmm. uh, his, sec- his second uh, goal is was, was a tidy finish oh yeah his first goal is just striker's instinct keeper drop Manus makes an absolute Howard drops the ball yeah and then he's just there he, he puts himself in that position to tap it in which Dundee as much as we talk about their attacking issues I still thought that maybe they Haber wasn't possibly that striker that was going to get them 15 odd goals, maybe
0: this guy is. So, mm-hmm. and two goals in what, one of your first starts, it's not, a bad, oh, of not course. a bad way to announce yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was a very exciting game. Three penalties and a red card and a disallowed goal. <laughs> Something else we're going to disagree on. Um, in my opinion, uh, it was Stephen Anderson it was where I felt was was it was a clear goal. I, I think the referee was being extremely harsh. Um, perfectly good goal as soon as I seen it. Uh, oh, that was a good goal, and then do out and over, whistle goes. And I'm like, really? And then I seen the replay and I'm like, that's really, come on, that is a poor decision for the referee. There was no excessive force, he jumped early, oh, that, that was a clear goal for me, and I know you disagree.
1: At a set piece, if you if you put your hands on an opposition player, you run the risk of it not being given, and he, uh, from the referee's point of view, he has put his hands on the back of Darren D, which prevents him from jumping, and it, hin- it hinders the defender. So he's not he gets, all over him, he's not all over him. He, he jumped his early. Two hands on it, the was back. Ve- it was a very, very harsh decision. And just two hands on the top of his shoulders, which, if you're looking at that, if you're, if you're the referee, you've got to look at that from the point of view... That Darren D can't properly jump, when he's got the full weight of a man on the back of his shoulders. He was, it wasn't. It wasn't like as I was saying. It wasn't like he was having like he, like he had his like his you whole arms
0: around him. You don't need to hug someone to stop them from jumping. I, nah, I think I think it was he jumped early, and it was a perfectly good goal. I think referee was being. If he's jumped, Way too if, harsh. if
1: he's jumped Elliot, then he should know that he doesn't need to put his hands on him, anyway he's, he can win the handle. I did not I not actually see Donald D claim it for uh, for a foul. I think mean, that Dar- D kept, he, he claimed it. He, Darryl, Are you sure? Darnell D was old, he's old enough and wise enough to be claiming that. And he. I thought it was. I just thought it was a really poor decision from their. I thought Donald D had a good game. Right up until he got yeah, sent off. Yeah, <laughs> sent it off. I thought it was really we, poor from him. I was banging on, banging on in the last few weeks about how Darren Lee, uh, Darren Lee coming back into that Dundee team would settle their defence. They can see two goals and he gets sent off. But at the end of the day, they still get three points. So. Mm. I felt as though, uh,
0: overall, Dundee were the better team, but St John's were very unlucky, especially, as we were just talking about, with the Stephen Anderson disallowed goal. And the penalty that he got given. Yeah, right? do you think it was a penalty?
1: I, I, I thought it was, yeah. I think... The striker's smart. The striker knows that if he can position himself that Foster's going to have to make some form of contact. I don't believe the contact's enough to, for the penalty. Uh, but obviously Foster wasn't too happy about it. Well, it he, was raging. he apparently puts the, his studs through a dense Park door. And I think you told me he got fined. Uh, he, he's expected to get fined for the repair of it. <laughs> 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 but that's St. Johnson now lost their undefeated.
0: Yeah, I was time. really surprised at that result. Then that was like when I seen that result. That was like the result of the weekend. I couldn't believe yeah. that I was like my God, like because Saint Johnson were really poor against Hibs last week, and start. then this week they it's lose against somebody. Something well organized Dundee
1: side. It's something for Dundee to build on now as well. Dundee have beaten a team that are up there unbeaten. Drew beaten Celtic. That that Saint Johnson are no slouches. Are no slouches in this league, and Dundee beating them proves that Dundee aren't slouches either because it's very well. Dundee came off the back of a, a, a horrible performance against Rangers, and then they would have think you would have thought all oh, the playing Rangers and then playing Saint John'son. It was it wasn't going to get any better. Yeah. And now they've took the three points. Yep. Which I think eh, almost double doubles the points. Uh, does it? Dundee hadn't won had they? Is that their first? Dundee's first win in the, the season, yeah. Well, in the league. I think that puts Dundee in I think three points ahead of Kelly, so puts a bit of space between them and the last place spot. Mhm. Yeah. So. Overall, well-deserved three points for Dundee.
0: and so, oh, Quickly, we're we'll just touching the St. Johnson though. Um, do you think they might go on a, like a bad run here? Because obviously they, they drew last week, but they were not great how? whatsoever, and they got beat by Dundee well, there. Do you, think that they are running, do you think potentially they can go
1: on a bad run? How often does St. Johnson go through a bad run? Like, how often does it happen under Tommy Wright? They maybe have two or three games where they're not at it, but I don't think it ever really turns into a a huge problem because they've they've got they've got the players there that they can win a game and I d I don't know I I don't know what their fix their fixed shots is looking like but I can't see St Johnson I know I know they, they have to play Alberdin soon at Petodre. That potentially could be a banana skin for both teams. So you we'll have to wait and see but I don't see it being too much of a problem no I don't think so as well Michael Halloran was quite quiet the weekend as well makes I mean, a change first game that we've not had to
0: talk about him scoring I remember you texting me right after it. I'm like yes thank god we don't need to praise St Johnson this week <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it was a well deserved three points for Dundee so we'll move on to the mo- uh, the main event uh, Partick Thistle uh, in Rangers uh, the game finished two each it was a very exciting game for the neutral not so much uh, if you're a Rangers fan <laughs> uh, it was a very frustrating night at Far Hill uh, for Rangers um, overall, I thought Rangers should have left with the three points, but it was the same old, same old. Rangers, when they're 1-1-0, Rangers just can't get that second goal to kill off eh, the teams that they're 1-1-0 against, especially Thistle. Because Thistle going for Four Hill it's, it is a difficult place, but... I mean, it, was, it was disappointing to see. Um, Morales took the first goal Rangers scored. Morales took it very, very well. Um, Dylan John came on for Lee Wallace. Lee Wallace, Lee Wallace has a, a groin injury right now, so he'll miss the whole on Saturday. Dylan John came on, done well. Uh, he's got a bit of pace about him, made a few good tackles. I think he will do fine next Saturday against Celtic. Um, the two goals that Rangers gave away were really poor, really cheap. Uh, John James, what do you make it? Um, Cardozo, uh, what was he thinking? It was it was a really poor effort to give away for the free kick as well. That wall was shambolic. A uh, big fan of Bruno Alves, but experienced defender, he should know better. And um, the second goal as well, defending all over the place, players switched off. Uh, Cardozo Tavenier, at, at fault for that uh, for the, for Thistle. Uh, Thistle second, and also them taking the lead, and yeah, it was it was very frustrating for Rangers what do you make it?
1: I uh, actually thoroughly enjoyed the game I for I, a neutral as yeah, I was saying yeah great for I a neutral I thought the game was quite entertaining uh, but the, I think it was the same old problems for Rangers that Rangers couldn't Rangers they have they, they they have a good start and the Rangers did they got they got a goal, they got the goal uh, and then they just never seem to follow up they, they never seem uh, they done it against Dundee in fairness Dundee was probably the one game where Rangers actually continued the pressure and scored more than one goal but Part of Fizzle, I thought they, they had a very poor first half and Rangers dominated the first half. But I feel like Part of Fizzle made the changes in the second half which allowed them to kind of come into the game a lot more and then that gave Rangers problems. And I think mean, Rangers created a lot of their own problems because they just weren't playing at the same intensity. They were, like, part of Fizzle were playing at an intensity that Rangers were like, oh, we're in a game here. And Part of Fizzle, as I said, had to make it a battle. They, if they made it a battle, they stood a chance. And they did. They have went over the top when they go, when Chris Erskine got sent off. Yeah,
0: but it was a clear red card. It was when I seen it, right away, I was like, pff, red. And Elskin knew that himself. He didn't try to complain it. He just knew he went straight down the but tunnel. I, I think
1: on the flip side of that, I don't think you can fully say if part of us were just a team of uh, hammer because I thought they played some decent football attempts. But the boat that second goal they got f- some horror defending. Yes. <laughs> some horror defending, but the, the overall, it would. I think they actually played a pass that got them in, got them in behind, behind the set Rangers defence. They could have easily launched that ball in the box and just panicked and they would—they wouldn't have had the opportunity. But they have technical footballers where they could—they weren't—they didn't have to do that. They could pick out the passes, and then Chris Erskine gets on the end of the, the cross and makes it two one, which was horrible. The from Cardoso as well. I just don't understand. It was really
0: infuriating. because, see for that game, the magi- for large spells of that game Rangers were fairly dominant, and it was just the same old, same old. We're one nil up. We just, ha- if we got that second goal, right, and made it 2-0, that's it. I think that was game over, don't you agree? Yeah. Yeah, and we just could not get it, and it was very, very infuriating. And it was the 4-4-2, I'm not a huge fan of that system, and I'll bring this up, right, bring this up. Josh this, <laughs> he was absolutely terrible. I'm going to say it right now, right? this has only had, in my opinion, two good games in Rangers jersey, and I think most Rangers fans, if i have not got their head in the sand, will agree with me in that. When that was shambolic on that uh, left wing, he couldn't get past players. He looked like a nervous wreck, and anytime he tried to get a shot away, it, he just skied it way over the bar. <sighs> yeah, I think he's going to be starting this Saturday because I think that gesture. Uh, I think the SFAQ nice, uh, said nothing's happening. nothing's happening, so he will be available for selection. And I put a wee tweet out uh, during the week. Well, no, no during the week. Sorry, on uh, right after the Rangers game, and I said, if Lee Wallace is fit. I would play Lee Wallace left mid. If we're going to do four four two, right, I would play Lee Wallace left mid and I'll play Declan John left back. But obviously, that can't happen now because Lee Wallace has a groin injury. So, it maybe might, it might we've seen Mate Beerman again? <sighs> I wouldn't do that. I would not do that. Like, young guy, but no, I'm not. I don't want to throw him into another old fucking game anytime soon. Especially after the did back, what happened that I brought the first time we played them. and am giving away that absolute stupid penalty. Yeah, but Josh Windlass on the night was really, really poor. I just don't know what certain fans see in this guy. Like, I gave him credit last week because he came on, he lined up the game, he changed the game for Rangers and he he done well. Give him credit for that. Does that mean that I'm going to be changing my opinion on Josh Windlass? Absolutely not. He's just simply, he's, he's not got it. He's not got it like like that's the thing it just really infuriated me just watching him try to get by players and then we've got a decent opportunity and you're like oh pass it pass it pass it in the wing," or like try and get it in the box he shoots skives up way over the bar so Windas will be starting on Saturday but I've not got huge hopes for uh, <laughs> that he'll do well of course I want him to do well I really badly want him to prove me wrong but I just can't see it I don't think he will <coughs> so what do you do you agree with my uh, comments on Josh Windas John James? I think
1: Josh Windass is just there's no consistency at all I mean, he'll he, he have a good game, then have a bad game, then. Well, have a good game, then have five bad games. I don't think he's ever really showed sure that he. I don't, I, dare I say he's not really showed sure he belongs in the top flight in Scotland? <laughs> Never mind, because where's he played? Like League, League 2. Arrington right? Stanley. No. League I'm a big advocate of saying that I don't think that English football is all it is. And I do believe that at least most teams in the Scottish Premiership could compete in League 1. And I think that certain ones could compete in the championship. I don't think that Josh Wenders has got out for the top, a top, the top flight. Never mind top six in Scotland. I don't think he's up to it. I think he's, I think he's a nervous wreck. I don't think he looks comfortable on the ball. He's looked comfortable on the ball, what, five minutes? in a Rangers jersey yeah and it was just that, that run at Motherwell it just
0: infuriated me so much with these Rangers fans right when, when that, right after that game uh, I went on Twitter and it was all blown up Josh man, this he's going to be a player It's going to be terrific for us and I'm thinking is everyone forgetting about last season that's what uh, that's one thing that really annoys about Rangers fans I've got very short memories um, especially Pedro Casino I'm not convinced. I've said that many, many times in this podcast. I'm I not convinced by Kassina. At one
1: point during the party uh, part game the, uh, the Rangers fans were chatting oh Pedro
0: <laughs> That's the thing. Rangers fans have very short memories. I'm not convinced, right? Uh, when we beat Motherwell 2-1 we are all excited. Pedro, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's forgetting about last season, right? I, really, I know that a lot of people made the, the argument for Cassini saying okay, it's not his team but 5-1 against Celtic Ibrox out the semi-final um, and we got beat off Aberdeen at Ibrox for the first time in 27 years Simply not good enough. And I'm not, I'm not saying Pedro out, but I, I think I'm going to be a bit off topic. but I'm not off topic, but just lost my train of thought. Here, what was the point I was trying to make? Everyone's try, all these Rangers fans had short memories because remember when, at the start of the season, we went out of Europa League to progress. The fourth best team in Luxembourg, right? When it, it went out to progress, and then we beat Motherwell. All the Rangers fans were all excited. It, like, Worst case scenario. It's, it, is, it annoys me so much, though. So, cassini. So I'm st- I'm, I'm not convinced whatsoever but if we get hammered off Celtic this Saturday that will be a massive massive blow the worst and one I, but the one, thing, the one thing that really annoys me as well is King's buying into him King is buying into Cassini's project so yes sorry I was talking over you there but
1: I, I'll let you make your point the worst thing that could possibly happen for Pedro Cassini is Rangers go out to park Thistle and then get beat by Celtic in the old firm comfortably that would be a turning point I feel because I think Rangers fans would then be like we're, what, what is the gap now? Five points between Rangers and Celtic? If they win I think it'll be eight. eight. So that the gap already between Celtic would be eight points Possible, possibly already out uh, of the League Cup and that will only leaves really the Scottish Cup because realistically Celtic we're expect the Celtic to just run away with it anyway and at that point that gap might already be too big to catch Celtic which is a sad state of affairs but realistically it's the way it is and that would lead just the Scottish Cup and would then would Rangers fans then trust Pedro Casinha to take them into January possibly get more signings possibly play in the, get to the Scottish Cup semi-final again
0: what I else? just want to know where Pe- how Pedro Cacina came on the Rangers radar like why like because we had guys out there like McInnes, McLeish even De Boer all these guys Tommy Knight as well like these guys on our radar then out of nowhere Pedro Cacina look at CV does that CV scream out Rangers manager? To you, John James? I don't think so. I don't think he's managed any club of note. No, well, he's not. not of note.
1: Obviously, that's a bit ignorant considering I don't.
0: He's I don't not really. Come on, let's be honest. In, like in European football, and like in I do see the clubs he's managed. Is not really. That's not his CV. Doesn't merit to be the Rangers manager, but he's here right now. So I'm saying it now. If we get a do off Celtic uh, in Saturday, I don't know who we've got right after
1: Celtic. I need to check. I know that. I, uh, the Rangers and the Ar- Rangers Aberdeen game is creeping up in October
0: aye Brockshire so if we get beat off Celtic this weekend then the following weekend if we don't win that game I'm saying Pedro out because I said at the start remember I said to you right after we got beat off uh, Progress I said I'm expecting at least 16 points from the first 6 games we lost to Hibs we lost to Hur- well, sort sorry we threw to Hearts that's two games, that's two big games when I was looking at, right, we need to win these games. Rangers
1: haven't won a big fixture yet because, Rangers haven't played, like the, yeah, Rangers, like the big, the big fixtures obviously, Hearts, Hibs, Celtic, Aberdeen. I'd count St. Johnson just because St. Johnson are going to be there, St. Johnson will be in that, in that mix, and Rangers haven't played particularly well in any of the two games so far against the bigger teams, and you've still got to play obviously St. Johnson, Celtic's happening this week, then it's going to be... So I'm presuming St. John's I will in October. I don't know when he's
0: playing St. John's. Oh, uh, no, he'll be playing right after I would will play Hamilton. Aye, that's what was, yeah, right, so right after Old to play Hamilton, away. Plastic pitch. <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is... It's not... Like I don't mean to keep harping on Pedro right now, but it's something that has to be uh, spoken about. And Rangers fans just burying their head in the sand trying to forget about what happened last season and what happened at the start of the season. It's not... Good enough. It's not. It really isn't. And this Saturday, John James. What do you think? Do you think four four two is a way to go?
1: I, I, don't, I, I, see. I, I don't, don't think I so. I like the formation four four two. I don't think there's much wrong with a four four two four four two formation. I wouldn't like to see Aberdeen play four four two because it does. We we have the players to play a four two three one, and that's the system we like. But I don't see much problem with a four four two, and I think the Rangers could play it. They just don't seem to. They seem to lose their way.
0: They can like like Celtic. No, sorry, I'm saying Celtic. Eh, Rangers playing the four four two. They don't. They can't really have like. Of course, we played well against Dundee last week, but uh, up against like the bigger teams, especially Hearts and Hibs, for that full ninety minutes, where we're playing that four four two. We just could not. Like I don't know, like we could not keep the intensity up. Like we could do against like the Dundees eh, and etc. But against those kind of teams, we lack intensity and we just can't really produce in the final third. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, in Saturday I might go, I don't know, 4 2 3 uh, maybe either 4-2-3-1, 4-5-1. So, like, I'll be content at my point, I'll be very content at my point. Uh, I'll be over the moon with that, if I'm <laughs> being honest. <laughs> uh, just, uh, but oh, I need to go back to this though in the game. Uh, Graham Dorrance, he's alive. John James, he's alive. Out of nowhere, he wasn't. He, I mean, on Graham Dorans throughout that game, wasn't doing much. And then out of nowhere, he
1: comes out with an absolute screamer. For being the big name signing, I'd expect him to, to do that. So I'm not going to give him too much praise. Just. It's oh, a fantastic strike. It's a good strike, but he's not done it enough in, in in enough games to be.
0: I love how we said in the podcast last week about Graham Dorrance, we were saying oh, he's been quite quiet, and then out of nowhere. Pfft. That screamer, yeah, so fantastic goal. Um For the neutral, was an exciting game to watch, um but poor result for Rangers at Hill. Um It was disappointing. So, well, from next Saturday, John James, yeah. how do you, how do you see it going? What's
1: your uh, your score prediction? Yeah, I, I see Celtic, Celtic. I see Celtic strong. I think the Rangers still have too many defensive frailties. I think Celtic are too dominant going forward, and I think it's going to be a. a t-
0: a comfortable two 0 win for Celtic. I it's hard to disagree. Like I spoke about some of the positives of uh, that performance against Partick Thistle with Deadland John and obviously Graham Dorrens is going a good goal. It's just but when you look at Celtic though, when you look at them they're they're a very good team yeah. and going forward, as you said, they're cause all sorts of defenses problems. So if I'm being honest, I don't see us winning. I think we'll get beat. Um, I'm going to say 2-1. Mm-hmm. But if we get another hammering though, that will be a huge dent in Pedro uh, like future going forward as Rangers manager. Because it's not last season and the start of this season. He's already, he was already in borrowed time, in my opinion. And if we get another hammer off Celtic at Ibrox, how can it last, really? So it's... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big game on Saturday, so it is. So yep. we'll move on to predictions for mm. this. Oh, performance of the weekend. Uh, right, yep. Oh, because you, you you text me at the weekend saying that you want to add this in. So every weekend we'll do uh, a wee thing here where we'll talk about who what team played the best at the weekend. So we're not like, for example, Celtic beat Ross County. For oh, no, we're not going to include Celtic. Is uh, we're not going to say Celtic are the performance of the weekend because they're expected to beat those kind of teams because of the financial gulf <laughs> <laughs> so performance of the weekend I think we both agreed me and you agree and that's not like us so we both agreed that Dundee, Dundee. Uh, should get performance of the weekend
1: I, w- I, w- I would have said Kilmarnock but Kilmarnock Dundee got the three points against an undefeated side yes Kilmarnock yes they got the point Aptor it's not an easy place to go but Dundee got the three and Kilmarnock didn't so exactly so unlucky Kilmarnock but <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe we need to do it maybe I need to do it next week again Mm-hmm. so Dundee 100% so we're going to predictions for day this weekend oh, are we going to do the League Cup oh th- League Cup, oh, league cup. yeah we'll do League Cup so um, the first round of fixtures in the League Cup is Tuesday night and that is Hibs at home to Livingston I'll go 2-1 Hibs yeah, I think mean, Hibs are going to stroll at 3-0 you think Hibs are going to keep a clean sheet really I think Hibs are going to stroll it you think they're actually oh, going to catch a clean sheet Hibs can did they not concede against here uh, I don't know I think so no I'm sure no, they did did not win
0: 2-0 so well, they won 4-0, did
1: they not? 4-0. I know, I'm pretty sure they strolled it. Uh, a rerun part of this will be Rangers.
0: Um, I think we'll actually win this <laughs> game, I think. We'll learn from our mistakes from Friday night. And I think I'm going to go
1: with a 1-0 a Rangers win. I don't think that Rangers are going to keep a clean sheet. I don't think it's going to be a particularly tidy game. And I believe the game's gonna finish one each. One each? And I believe that goes to uh extra, extra time, yeah. I do think Rangers will win. I think Rangers are gonna win on penalties. Some bold prediction, John. I I, I I see I think part of this I think are enough to get the to draw Rangers. Uh, the Wednesday night fixture Dundee host the Holders at Celtic. 3-1 Celtic. They can have a performance of the year if they beat Celtic there. Oh, yeah. Uh, Celtic win... Oh, 3-1, I and, yeah, uh, and the last fixture of that is... I wouldn't be Mullow at pop Park. Um, I'll be there, so...
0: I'm going to say... Not just because you said this about uh, the Rangers game, I firmly believe this, Mullowell. Decent run right now. So I'm going to say extra time and Aberdeen will uh, nick it (laughs) Uh, no the full time the full full time score will be one each then it will go into extra time Second half extra time Aberdeen will steal it and it will finish to
1: one I'd be more worried about how I'm going to get home if it goes to extra time I think Aberdeen will win 2-1 2-1 in normal time Uh, and the fixtures this weekend Every fixture on a Saturday except that we're Motherwell again (laughs) which is on the Sunday Uh, the old Uh, form we
0: already covered that I said 2-1 2-0 you Uh, Comarnock host oh 2-1 Celtic you said 2-0 Comarnock host Dundee Comarnock Dundee Um, I'm going to say I'm going to go two each I can see Dundee building on
1: the win then again no Comarnock big point they can maybe kick on from that I can see Dundee kicking on and get a 2-1 win uh, Ross
0: County host Hibbs. Um, that's a tough one. I'm gonna say two on Ross
1: County.
0: Two one Ross County, I think. And it'll be a two I first. think Ross. I think Ross County will uh, make the most of Hibbs' defensive struggles right now, and I think they'll win. I think it'll be a two each draw.
1: Two each draw. Mm-hmm. Uh Saint John's how old I think. St. Johnson will
0: get back to winning Wednesday one to one.
1: One nil St Johnson. Uh, part at Thistle Hearts. Thistle Hearts, um,
0: I'm gonna go a, a one each. I think I'll be a one each. I can see I can see
1: Thistle getting their
0: first win. Because we've said before about Thistle, it's not like they're playing bad, it's mm. they're just not getting the results right now. I can
1: see but fiss- I can think see Thistle getting their first win. Oh, I think Hearts, the one that like the weekend there, so I think Hearts will uh, lose. Part of us will win two one.
0: In the championship, yeah. Of course, yes. Nice. Yeah. We're touching this Falkirk.
1: Oh, wait, wait, we're missing out the the Aberdeen v Motherwell on the Sunday. Oh, Aberdeen Motherwell on the Sunday. Alright, double header. At um, four part, I'm gonna go. uh No. No. No, I, w- I don't care how it happens. I just. Three points.
0: I don't care how it happens. I'll go one nil Aberdeen. Yeah. Also, can we pr- briefly touch on uh, the championship? Do championship predictions, and we'll talk about some a couple of the games from the weekend. Uh Brechin host Flying Dunfermline. Dunfermline will continue their good uh, vein of form, and I think it will be two 0
1: Dunfermline. I think Dunfermline are going to score four. Four. Four nil Dunfermline. Yeah. Uh, host Inverness.
0: I'm going to start doing <laughs> terrible right now, aren't they? Um, they lost at the weekend, I think it was 3 1, was it not? Yeah, 3 1 2. Uh, I can't, I need to check. Um, but yeah, they lost at the weekend. Um, I'm going to go 1 now. 1 0 I'll go I'll go 1 1.
1: Uh, Dundee with Morton. No, no. I'll go 2 1. Dundee United what happened to Dundee United the weekend now
0: Dundee United and Falkert 0-0 <laughs> Dundee United they're just a not they're not a good run of form right now at all John James so what do you think this year can you actually see them coming up this year yeah I can see, I can see them I think they'll win the league mm. it's not been the best I of think, starts I think Dunfermline have a good shout to win that league I said St Mirren I think
1: Dunfermline have a good shout I think uh, Dunfermline they've beaten they've beaten beat? uh, St Mirren so you're all going to make a prediction right now I'm gonna
0: say Ray McKenna will get sacked before Christmas. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's a bit bold. I think I mean, Gary Houston will get sacked first. I think I, I think I can absolutely <laughs> agree with you in that. Fulham during the weekend, there, obviously Drew it with Dundee, still without a win. Yeah. Houston, I, if they don't win this weekend, I'll let they you talk about will, the Folk game. They host Livingston. Livingston, um, I'm gonna say 2-0 Livingston, and Houston if they lose this weekend. Bye bye, Houston. will get the a bit. I
1: think it'll be another draw. I think it's gonna be one each. One each. One each. Yep. Yeah. So is, is that that? that's
0: pretty chip. much it. Yeah. So So uh, we'll be back uh, next week, guys, for uh, the uh, the podcast, and hopefully I'll be buzzing and over the moon. But I can't see that. I think I'm living in uh, fantasy land if I believe that I'll be buzzing next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, guys, that's uh, all. But I think that's pretty much it. Covered yeah, everything. So, so that's yeah. all guys. So take care and we'll see you soon.